and welcome to Laps Gamer Radio. And as the summer months roll on, and with even the weather confused by what it's going to be doing, ranging from 38.1 degrees at record temperatures to pissing it down and bridges being washed out in North Yorkshire, and everyone confused about what's going on with Brexit, the, tr- the team will try and t- steer you through a clear gaming path. Joining me today, not naked as it would be last week, but cooler, uh, Mark. Hello. And returning from the Isle of Butte, which I've never heard of. You know, I thought it'd be Brute. You know, Brute. Is that with a brew? I am Brew. It's not, it unfortunately. Nick. Uh, hi. Is it not? It's not. They brew in Glasgow, I think. So it's near. Oh, Imagine that. The Isle of I am Brew. It'd be good. <laughs> wouldn't it? it would. It would be. How are we going, guys? Are we all right? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Do you know, I went uh, snowboarding in Canada years ago, uh, a little place called Kimberley. It's like not even like a big international um, ski resort. It's more like a like ski resort that locals from Canada would use. And halfway up one of the um, the slopes was a little like cafe place. And in there they sold iron brew in glass Brilliant. bottles. Brilliant. It's all you really? need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all I remember. Apparently it's popular in Canada as well. Do you remember that advert, wasn't it? Where you just, that man just knocked down telephone wires, street lamps, all sorts of stuff just to get to his girlfriend. That's all I've got a memory of Iron Brew. Brewed from Gerda's in uh, Scotland. I've got a colleague. Yeah. I've got uh, a colleague at work. He was born just the other side of the, the millennium. Um, and so has no real knowledge of the 90s. And I decided to show him some of the old um, <laughs> Tango adverts. With the, the 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 dude in his pants, painted head to toe in orange, running around slapping people in the face. <laughs> the nineties was weird. I don't know. What did that band? Didn't it get banned or something? Yeah, because people, uh, kids in playgrounds, started slapping yeah. each other. Yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've already gone off on a tangent. Okay. Anyway, just one quick question: playing in the summer. Because it's so hot, um, record temperatures last week. Can we play games in close to 40 degrees heat? Do you think? What do you yeah. Think? <laughs> no. Um, well, not, ooh, not well, okay. Like, so me and my, um, my regular Destiny crew, uh, we like to get together on a Tuesday evening, um, which is reset day, and do a raid run. Uh, but the other week, when it was like 36 degrees, still at like uh, like 8, 9 in the evening, uh, no one, basically just no one turned up. And they just all <laughs> left messages in the Discord chat being like, it's too hot, so I'm having to lie down. Um, yeah, it, sometimes it can be just like too hot to pick up a controller and do anything. All you want to do is like find a tiled floor and lie on it. <laughs> What you, Nick? What do you I think? mean, the, it depends, really. Uh, I think games that you have to concentrate about are going to be a bit more of a struggle. But um, it was interesting because I, I was playing... Uh, we'll come on to it later. I've been playing F1 2018. Uh, and I started out my career... Uh, you know, the, the first race of the season, as always, in Australia. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Australia, known for its great weather, inclement weather, lovely, lovely <laughs> Australian summer. And it was 21 degrees in the simulation. And I was like, it's 32 degrees here. 
I was actually hotter <laughs> sat on my sofa playing F1 than, you know, the F1 drivers would be in Australia. So uh, it just put me more yeah. in the zone, you know? Yeah, I think you can. I think you can. Depends if you've got the win- if you've got the windows open, fan in front of you. The other thing is to be uh, concerned about is my uh, Xbox actually shut down because it was too hot. Uh, so uh, maybe point a yeah. fan towards your console as well. Uh, yeah, a yeah. couple of the, the the guys in my Destiny group have got like day. They're still running on their day one. PS4s, like launch day PS4s, uh, and you could hear them screaming mm. the other day. Like the <laughs> fans sounded like turbines. What about, what about handheld? Vita, Switch? Bet you could play those. Oh, I play my Vita and uh, my Switch in the park mm. quite regularly. I'll take, take oh, I'm a 3DS, I'll grab it and go down the park on my lunch break. All you need to do day. is buy either a paddling pool or a water butt and then just sit in, in mm. the cold water with your Switch. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. You, then you drop it in. I mean, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> High risk game. <laughs> yeah, well, it is, isn't it? No, it's just, it's just interesting. Because, like I say, last week people were just moaning about the heat. I'm still moaning about the heat because it's hot and it's too wet. And whether you can play games. I know it's really hot where I am at the moment, and especially my house. It's, it's a modern house and all the insulation is it's just quite hot and sweaty but I think I, was, I did play some games last week and on to that let's talk about the games we have been playing recently let's start off with a boy who visited Scotland before Boris Johnson did to try and smooth over relations Nick. yeah you, you didn't get booed when you went to Scotland uh, I didn't and I left by the front door as well okay. so um, all good on that right, one nice. too that's good uh, yeah, so actually, um, the first game um, that I'm going to talk about uh, is, I believe, an English game. It, it seems very English, uh, and it, it is The Wonderful Void Bastards. Yeah, it's free on um, Xbox Game Pass, uh, which is probably the only reason I played it, to be honest. Um, another win for Xbox Game Pass. But essentially, uh, it's just a really nice kind of rogue-like kind of um kind of like ftl uh where you're on a spaceship yeah uh, and you have to it has the same kind of map navigation as ftl did where you're uh voyaging to another place uh to collect different resources uh and you just drop into different ships um and essentially you just go around shooting everything and looting everything on the ship and these little alien things will just scream swear words at you in Scottish, uh, and it's just it's just a really fun, entertaining game. <laughs> but it it's it's yeah. one of those where uh, roguelikes strike a very fine balance of being really enjoyable for a couple of hours, but then I find a lot of the time they start to dwind- the interest starts to dwindle after a bit. I think Void Bastards kind of kept the interest a bit longer than most roguelikes, but I have to say I haven't been back to it in the last few weeks. Um, I know, Mark, you've, you've played a bit, haven't you? What, what were your thoughts? Uh, so I haven't played it in a while, um, but it's, it's not through a lack of wanting to play it. It's just I've had other things to play um, that have been slightly more urgent, like Destiny. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really liking it so far. I've, I've only 
gotten so far through it, you know, like the first section you have to pick up, uh, you have to collect two particular items to be able to make something. And I've only got as far as grabbing mm. one of those. Um, but I've been going through it a steady clip and collecting, you know, building the upgrades and stuff. It's like every time you, I love the, the, the concept that it's like, it's so you, 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 each time you do a run, you play as a prisoner from this prison ship. And they are stored in dehydrated form in like bags, <laughs> and then like when you die and they and you you start with another character, they like pull out this bag of like powder and then just pour it in a suit and pour some water in, and then a person's there. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they do the whole like rogue legacy thing of um, each character uh, that you each time you roll with a new character, they'll have like an inbuilt trait which might be helpful or might be detrimental. Like um, your character, they might like involuntarily like scream Yahoo or whatever when you pick up some loot or um, they've got a bad cough so that you'll have your stealth like hindered by the fact that your character like coughs every now and then or whatever it is, like different like genetic traits. Um, uh, and like that, and the the humour, and the um, not so much the variety of enemies because so far I've only come up against like four or five different types of enemy. Uh, although I'm sure there's more later on. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it so far. But I I, I play it in like small mm. chunks. I'll play like you know, for half an hour or something like that at maximum. So it doesn't outstay yeah. its welcome. It's oh. definitely a game to dip in and out of, and dare I say would be brilliant on a certain Nintendo platform. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I spent I spent a bit of time in Void Bastards. Uh, and then uh, another game that I wanted to play for a long time, uh, but never got quite got around to, uh, because of its Xbox-only exclusivity, uh, was Sunset Overdrive, uh, okay. and I, yeah, it, it was a very good game. I'm gonna say um, you can really see because obviously I've played Spider-Man PS4 to death. Uh, it was of course my game of the year last year. You can really see the influence that they took from Sunset Overdrive. Obviously, it's developed by Insomniac Games, who also developed Spider-Man, and you can see the bits that they took from Sunset Overdrive to make Spider-Man, but you can also kind of see where Spider-Man improved upon a lot of parts as well. It's it's not the most amazing game ever. It's very much kind of a, an arcade game, and it, it kind of took me back almost maybe five, ten years back uh, in the game design, uh, just just in the structure of it and how the missions were set out it's not a very it's an open world but it's also structured into missions where you you just go and do something and then come back and then that's kind of it It, none of the missions really have any impact on the world or anything like that um it kind of reminded me of uh infamous as well uh so i suppose they're, they're in the same kind of ballpark but it was just a really fun kind of zombie shooter meets Tony Hawk game. Uh, and if nothing else, I started playing it on the Sunday night and I finished playing it on the Thursday night. And I literally, for those four or five days, I played nothing but that game. I was just absolutely engrossed and hooked in it. Um, 
Right, so is it a long game then, would you say? Uh, I'd say just the story is probably about eight to ten hours. So right. it's quite short, but there's there's a lot of side missions and collectibles and stuff you can run around mm. and do if you want. It was just a really fun world to be in, uh, and not necessarily a serious game, but one that you can just hop in and shoot some stuff mm. and have fun. Yeah, I remember it being one of those games where I've booked up and I've got it. I think it was given away free. Um, one of those anti-Xbox games, because the Xbox one was quite... All the exclusives were very grey, brown, and this was came out and it was all full of yeah. colour. And jumping around, is it like setting a part of it? I remember some video setting a theme park and stuff. Yeah, there's a theme park part of it, and uh, you, you go on, you can sort of grind on the uh, tracks of the roller coaster kind of thing while you're shooting all the zombies. Because obviously the motion is very much, it's kind of like skateboarding, but you're not actually on a skateboard. I'm not really sure. They don't really explain how you do that in the game, but. No, it's kind of like. Mm. Do, you remember the, do you remember Soapies? No. Everyone's looking at it blankly. Oh, like the shoes, uh, and like in the the between the heel and like the the ball part of the foot on the on the shoe was like a kind of like a, kind of like a plastic bit that you would put wax on, um, and then you could like uh, grind on rails and stuff like that with that section of the shoe. They were they were massive in like the late nineties, early two thousands. I say massive. Like Went over my head. Two people I know <laughs> had them. It's kind of like that, basically. You're, like, grinding everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but without Fair enough, then. Uh, so I guess he must have had those kind of shoes. <laughs> yeah. I can't even remember if they're actually called soapies. <laughs> I think that's just what my friend called them. <laughs> Some insomniac remembered those shoes, it seems. Apparently so. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was just, just a fun game. The only other thing I will say is there is a gun that shoots vinyls, and I kind of felt bad for shooting like wasting all the vinyl, but uh, I'm I, I needed to survive. It's a good way to recycle it. Though. It is, yeah. It was you can't recycle. It was them. very. It just reminded me of the uh, scene in Shaun of the Dead, where they're kind of going through the vinyl collection, deciding <laughs> what, what to throw at the zombies and what to save. Um, yeah. So mm. so that that was a fun game. Uh, so from uh, murdering zombies while you're wearing shoes, soapies, soapies. Uh, we go. Uh, st- I'm just looking them up on Wikipedia. They're just called soap shoes. Soap shoes. Um, yeah, they were. Uh, uh, soap is a brand name of shoes made for grinding, similar to aggressive inline skating. But it's just basically like a plastic concave thing in the sole between the heel and the ball of them. Yeah, but uh, see, when you see the word grinding, my mind just goes elsewhere. Yeah, but that's yeah, else. but you're filthy. <laughs> I know I am, but I want these shoe. I want these special shoes to grind. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> do whatever you want in them. <laughs> but you can also grind some rails. Slight tangent. Um, so from yeah, from, from grinding on <laughs> things, whatever you want to grind on, uh, we go to uh, Tacoma, uh, which hey. yeah, which was a, it's a game by, I think that they're the Fulbright Company. Yes. Uh, who uh, they the people who had um, gone home? Uh, yes, precisely. So yeah, and they're uh, they're all former, or at least some of them are former uh, irrational um, employees. So they they worked on then it specifically worked on the Minerva's Den um, DLC for uh, Bioshock Two. Yep. 
uh, I think I seem to remember they hid some kind of um, SNES cartridge uh, that hinted at some Bioshock uh, expansion in Gone Home uh, or something like that. Uh, but Gone, Gone Home, anyway, was one of my sort of games of the year when it was released. It was an incredible game that I really enjoyed. I thought it was a masterpiece of this new genre at the time with walking simulators. I don't even think they were called walking sims at the time. They were just kind of... St- they were just still games. Uh, but they came back with Tacoma, uh, which is set on a spaceship. Uh, it's very similar and also not as similar at all to Gone Home uh, in the way that it's similar in that you are still walking around a building. I guess a spaceship is a building. Walking around a building, discovering what has happened through environmental storytelling. But this time you are on a spaceship where um, everyone on the spaceship wears kind of these AR trackers. So the spaceship computer... Uh, records everyone's movements and what everyone's saying in in particular parts of the ship Uh, and you are going onto the empty deserted ship to essentially find out what happened on the ship in its final moments or its final well month to minute uh, before the entire crew disappeared uh, is kind of what I gathered Uh, and there is a whole subset of stories that go into this. But suffice to say that it incredibly uh, familiar if you played Gone Home. Uh, and if you enjoyed Gone Home, then it, it, it's essentially a must. Uh, it, it was an, it, And again, it was an incredible game. Uh, and I really enjoyed the, I think I did about three or four, mini playthroughs uh just i mean mainly for achievement um popping at the time uh but it it was I, every bit as enjoyable as gone home for me and probably a little bit more to be honest because there were kind of things there were more things that you could miss uh and there were more complex uh sub stories within the stories uh within the main stories uh which really, really made it. Like the um, the, the 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 side stories, sort of sub stories, the interpersonal stories between the crew members were more <laughs> akin to what was the overarching theme of Gone Home. Mm. But this time round, you also had like the main plot thread of. Um, it's not real. Like you can't, I suppose it is kind of like a trope because it's it's part of of the main plot. Forget films like Aliens and and whatnot. It's sort of like the corporate futuristic corporate greed and uh, AIs possibly overreaching their um, what they were designed to do mm. uh, in a way. Um, like some really really like classic sci-fi uh, like touch points, but but mm. but wrapped up in a story of like. Um, it was a very human story uh, yes, yeah, exactly, interwoven yeah. with all these kind of like AI and sci-fi themes, like you say, it, it, very much touching kind of 2001 area and like you say, alien aliens. Um, but it, yeah, I just, I just thought it was a magnificent little piece of work. I think they did a better job this time of incorporating the side stories as well. I mean, I know 
Gone Home had a lot of sub stories, uh, but they were very much you had to go looking for them if you didn't explicitly look at everything like an envelope here and a letter there you could very easily miss a lot of the substance of Gone Home and I think they did a much better job this time of making sure that you couldn't miss things like that as easily you still could miss them but there were kind of markers where you can tell that there's something you've not found in this area kind of thing which I know I saw a lot of criticism of Gone Home at the time of people saying, oh, it was boring, there was only one plot, nothing really happened in it. And it was kind of, they didn't, they'd obviously missed a few things which yeah. would have explained the story in the context a lot better. For example, the whole, not going to go into spoilers, but the whole uncle sub-story seemed to pass a lot of people by in Gone Home. Yeah, it did me the first time I played through it. I've completely missed it. Yeah. Um, I just wasn't looking around enough and like, you know, investigating every nook and cranny and really digging into the game. Mm. I'm just um, very lucky that I'm one of those people that has to pick everything up and look at everything in a room before I move on. Yeah. Uh, so it's, <laughs> that's my like kind was, of game. It was, it was a lot harder to miss that stuff in uh, Tacoma mm. than it was it Gone Home. Exactly, yeah. Uh, which I think from... from People sort of saying, oh, this game is boring because XYZ is a lot better. But at the same time, the discoverability is kind of less about you and it's more about, it's more gamey where I have five ticks in this uh, area, but there are seven that I can get. Where have I missed the two? Mm. Um, well, it's the nature of games, isn't it? Just to push mm. on, push on, push on. So it's very difficult for a gamer sometimes to explore surroundings and great detail and try to find that one thing and like it says we've improved the game's design it seems from because i haven't played these two games i don't know but it sounds like we've improved the game design and little pointers to highlight things that you should be picking up or should be reading yeah i mean they've definitely improved you, the um... design but i think it, it kind of takes it away from you because in gone home you were discovering these things nothing had kind of told you to go and look for this or you'd missed something. Mm. You found it yourself. So it kind of takes away from that sense of achievement and, oh, I did this. But at the same time, yeah. I can see why they've done it. What might have been a nice balance is an option to turn it off. Uh, right. So then you do discover it. But then, you know. I feel like, um, I, mean, I mean, this might be off base. You'd probably be better to judge, Nick. But this, if these games were films... This would probably make a good double bill with uh, Return of the Obra Dinn because they're both sort of you investigating what has happened yeah. in a place uh, and you're sort of viewing memories. Yeah, uh, I think Obra Dinn definitely has more um, investigative um, kind of... You, in Obra Dinn, you're more Sherlock Holmes and you you have to make deductions about who people you can you think ah this man has a tattoo and it's in russian so i think he's russian so he is this person whereas in tacoma it's more kind of like your um almost like your csi you're going through the crime scene and saying oh this happened uh do you know, do you know what i mean there's there's less of a there's less of an impact but i think you're, they're in the same kind of ballpark. You're absolutely right. Uh, but I think t uh, Tacoma is more of a story guided through uh, and 
Oberdin is more of a game, almost, I suppose. That's fair. Like I said, I haven't played Oberdin yet. Um, I'm waiting for it to make its way to console. It's very good. Um, yeah. So the only other real game I've been playing, uh, strangely, uh, is Formula One 2018. Uh, now, I've only really started playing this since I came back from holiday, because what happened is we went on holiday with the family, uh, and my other half's dad took his PS4. Uh, and so obviously in the evenings or whatever, we were just kind of like, you know, if he's on his PS4, we're just watching because you're in a room and there's a TV and the TV's playing a PlayStation. So I was just watching him play F1. <laughs> he just hugged the TV. He did. He just <laughs> hugged the TV. It was terrible. No, no, not really. It was, it was fine. Uh, but you know, when you watch someone play a game, you've never really had any interest in playing and you suddenly, you just sit there yeah. for a while and then you, you sort of just ask, what, 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 why are you doing that? And, what what's that for and what does that do and oh you can do that it was just over the two weeks we were there i kind of got more and more interested in and i was like i want to play f1 and i found out that actually it's free on xbox game pass so i as soon as we got back home i uh set it to download and yeah i started playing it i started off a career it's it's actually i last played an f1 game about 10 years ago and it was okay, but it wasn't great. Uh, they don't, you know, they were, it was obviously very, the career aspect wasn't very good in it. It was just Ooh. racing around a racetrack, really. But if, have either of you played any recent editions of F1 uh, or any? Last I played the I play. demo of F1 uh, 2018. Mm. Uh, that was it, because I, I, I've been I was waiting for it to drop down in price because I've got a uh, I've got a full steering wheel setup for the PS4. Yeah. Doesn't work on the Xbox, Ooh. and that feels like the game. That's the game I want to play on console. So I played a little bit of the demo on um, on uh, PS4. Uh, unfortunately, because it, that the one I was playing was uh, well, yeah, it's the same one. It's 2018, so that was last season when all of the the engines sounded like farts. Yeah, they they kind of do. Um, it, it's a very loud game, I have to say. Um, but what I really like about the career mode is there's actual progression in it now. Uh, you every everything you do, you earn skill points for, which you can spend in research and development on the car. So if you are kind of like a a power driver and you just really want to nail the fr the straight line speed, you can put all your research points into just getting more fr uh, straight line speed power in your engine or if you if you would like to go late on the braking you can upgrade your brakes and stuff and there's just a whole tree of upgrades that you can do uh the the other thing is that because you get rewarded for doing with your little bonus points for doing different activities there's more of an incentive now to do all of the practice stuff so obviously uh, for listeners who might not know about F1, uh, each F1 weekend, they have three practice sessions and then a qualifying and then the race. In previous F1 games, the three practice sessions were a complete waste of time apart from getting to know the track. Uh, but in this iteration, and I'm, I'm sure it's not just in this iteration, uh, but in potentially previous iterations, this is the only one I've, this is the only one I've played for 10 years. Uh you kind of 
you have different objectives. So you might say, right, I'm going to go and do the tire wear program. So you'll go out onto the track in practice one, let's say, and your sole objective will be to keep your tires within, a, not, not damage your tires too much in a lap, essentially, while keeping to a specific lap time. So if you have to do a lap in one minute 30, you've got to keep not wear your tires down too much, but still keeping that time and you get more points for doing that. So obviously it's kind of getting used to the idea of driving a bit better, also getting used to the track and you're also getting these shiny bonus points. So it's great. And also um, the way that you are driving on that track uh, influences how supposedly how they, they the computer sets your car up for the race. So things like pit windows and things like that, it'll suggest based on what you've done in, in practices. Um, so essentially, they, they've taken what real teams do in real F1 and put it into the game, which before it felt like they hadn't really done that. They'd just done the whole, you're going to drive around a track. Um, but it seems a lot more interesting. Um and I'm only a couple of races in at the moment, but it, I can see it being good. It also adds rivalry with your, um, with both your um, co-driver. Uh, obviously, F1 is teams and there's two drivers in each team. It adds rivalries between them. And it also, the media ask you questions after the race. So if you have a scrap with, let's say, Hamilton, uh, they can ask you what you thought of Hamilton doing that manoeuvre and you can start a rivalry with him. Uh, and then you get more points based on if you do well against him and things like that. It's just it's just a cool uh, little game. Uh, it's definitely not one to play full time, but when you have sort of a spare thirty minutes or so to to get nail off a practice session or whatever, it's quite good. That's good. I was just wondering something similar that is in Madden, where in between the games, now it'll do training. Mm-hmm. So, for example, it's a bit like the practice, and you can skip it. And I've been playing for a season and skipping it, but you still get allocated skill points to the players because it just simulates the training they would have done. Is it was it is it possible to simulate the practice laps and you get some points from it anyway? Yeah. Or is it just you have to No, you can uh you can simulate uh, you can actually simulate the race if you really want to. Um so yeah. everything can be simulated, but obviously I don't think you get as many points for doing it. You you get more right. points for actually doing it yourself and of yeah. course, you get kind of get to know the track a bit better, so you technically do better on the race as well. Um, but yeah, it, it's a nice, solid little game so far. No, that's good. Anything else? The only other thing, uh, it's a bit of a holiday game, and uh, it's a mobile game, uh, but I reinstalled Pokemon Go. Now, <laughs> I've always bounced off Pokemon Go uh, because there wasn't really anything to do. You just kind of walked around a bit, threw a few Pokeballs at Pokemon, and that was pretty much it. Um, And that's still kind of it. However, they've now seemed to have added some kind of... um, They have objectives and little quests, they call them, that you can do. uh, And you get more XP for doing them. And while I was on holiday, uh, less so now I'm back to work, but while I was on holiday... It was just quite nice to sort of walk around uh, into the into the town on the Isle of Butte, the town, um, 
and just kind of like just spin a few poker centers, you know, battle a few gyms and catch a few more Pokemon while ticking all these quests off. Because obviously I've not been in, logged into the game for about three years. Um, and I just had all these beginner quests that I could do quite easily. And I got lots of shiny yeah. XP. I leveled up from about level five to level 21 in no time. Wow. Um, but yeah, it was just a nice little game to pass the time while I was on holiday. Cool. Brilliant. What about any of these games for a lapsed gamer? Would you recommend? Uh, to be honest, I would. I would probably recommend Formula One. Uh, if you're a, if you're a Formula One okay. fan, uh, and you kind of just you have a spare twenty thirty minutes whenever, just boot F one up. Uh, similarly, Void Bastards can fill that as well uh, because you can just jump in, do one little spaceship or do two or three little spaceships, and then hop off. They're they're all very much kind of segregated like that uh, that you can just fit in in and around your life. Brilliant. So, Mark, what you what's been overheating your console? Um, Destiny Two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as as always, that is the uh, that is the game I'm playing the most. Um, it just keeps evolving, it keeps changing, and they just keep adding stuff to it. So. Um, a few weeks ago, they launched the uh, Triumph Moments of Triumph system, which is uh, which is what they do at the end of every year before the new expansion comes out. They have this thing called Moments of Triumph, where it's basically like a tick list of the game's content. And it's like if you've done this, then you get this triumph. Get a certain number of triumphs, then you can order a special. Um, where you you win the um, uh, the opportunity to to purchase a special Destiny Moments of Triumph T-shirt with a logo on it and your gamer tag emblazoned on the sleeve and you whatnot. don't you don't get it for free. No, <laughs> that's a bit sad. It's, no. it's twenty bucks, uh, which is you know that's not a lot if you live in America. But unfortunately, uh, if if you live in the UK, then you have to pay that twenty bucks plus shipping plus uh, plus import tax. So I've done it once and I won't do it again. Uh, and unfortunately, my only Moments of Drive t-shirt has got my old gamer tag on, so <laughs> it's now a pyjama top. Um, and then they've also added in uh, a thing, a tribute system, basically, where uh, there's a bunch of rewards for completing certain events that are tied up with a character called Callus, who was the... Nick, you played enough to have done the Leviathan raid, right? No, I've not done any raids. So you don't know who Callus is? Uh, not really, no. To be honest, I, I? <laughs> my destiny law is pretty bad. I kind of just ran around, shot some dudes. It was Nathan Fillion in it. Uh... Okay. <laughs> uh, well, you know, in um, there was a big cabal dude who tried to take the traveller in the main story. Oh yeah. Uh, well, he was he was a usurper who who stole um, who who evicted the previous emperor. He was a guy called Callus. And then after the main story, Callus comes back and a giant ship called the Leviathan that eats worlds uh, and the raid takes place on board his ship, like the, the first raid of the game. And the story started to come back round to him. Um, uh, and now, uh, as of uh, yesterday, Tuesday, because we were recording on, a, on Wednesday, um, they've launched their annual thing called the Solstice of Heroes, where they bring in some new events so to allow you to remember everything that has happened over the previous year. And you can earn some some sparkly cosmetic items that make your, your armor light up 
uh, and it's just you know little breadcrumbs of, of just stuff to do on top of all the ridiculous amounts of content that are already in there uh, as we just patiently wait for uh, the big expansion in September which I may have booked an entire week off work to play um, <laughs> right, moving swiftly on um, Apex oh, Legends whoa, whoa. <laughs> what? a week a what? week yes when does it come out? Uh, it comes out on the 17th of September. Oh, I've not 17th. got the week after that off, yeah. but I've got the week after that off, so near enough. Ah. Mm. Uh, yeah, if, um, if you're still playing Destiny, it might be worth jumping back on it. I mean, I'm, I've, I've, because I've, I've started playing with the the, um, uh, the Destiny group uh, from the Computer Game Show mm. um, podcast's Discord clan uh they've I, I jumped in with them a while ago and they've been they're on every night and so i've got like a group of people to play with every night and they've helped drag me through a lot of content that i missed because i took a break from destiny for like a month or two and i missed a whole bunch of stuff and so i've been playing a perpetual catch-up since then and they've dragged me kicking and screaming through several raids and a bunch of exotic quests and yeah i've been really enjoying playing with them so i'm back on destiny far too much um <laughs> Apex Legends, uh, the second season of Apex Legends launched. Uh, the first season, the first Battle Pass season was very disappointing. The amount of XP you needed to, to level up each time was a ridiculous amount and the rewards were rubbish. Uh, this time around, they've done stuff that they should have done the first time around, stuff that other games like, like Fortnite have been doing for forever, like daily and weekly challenges uh, that give you massive XP boosts. Um, the rewards are actually quite good. Uh, and they've introduced a new character as well, um, whose name escapes me. She's a French lass who can put down um, these electric fences. Uh, that when enemies run through, not only do they like slow down and disorientated for a bit, but you get warned on your radar that an enemy has passed through the fence. So they're really good. Like she's a really good character to have towards the end of the game when the circle's quite small and you're holed up in a building or whatever. You can cover your blind spots with these fences so that you know if someone's going to creep up on you. Um, and her ultimate is like she can throw down a trophy system that will just intercept any grenades or airstrikes or anything that are thrown in. So she's really, really handy. She's also the most like Overwatch-esque character they've had in um, in Apex Legends so far. But uh, yeah, that game continues to be really good. I don't get to play it as much as I should because I don't like... As much as that game's really good for playing with randoms, I just don't like playing with randoms as much as I do with playing with other people. And uh, the, so I don't play it as much as I would like. Um, I played all, all of Virginia um, twice to get all the trophies <laughs> and, and the platinum on that uh, for Codic Momentum. That game is odd. Have either of you played it? Yeah, yep. I, I loved it. You have. Really loved it. Yeah, that. I, I know. I, I loved it as well, but it is odd. It's it is very David Lynch. It's like the best bits of the X Files and the best bits of David Lynch had a baby. Yeah, and it's amazing. <laughs> it's like Lost Highway, but with <laughs> but without um, Will Pullman playing the saxophone. Um, that was that film, wasn't it? That was Lost Highway. Yeah. 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 Um, sorry, I sometimes get my David Lynch films confused. Um, yeah, it's 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 like I love the presentation, like the fact that there is no dialogue in it, the jump cuts, the the points where it's like it's you're never entirely sure 
what is real and what is a messed up dream. Um, and the fact that it, like, it does not hold your hands in any way when it comes to the story. It, the story just ends and you have to make up your own conclusions as to what happened. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Soundtrack is incredible as well. Mm. Again, very, very David Lynch. Um, well, specifically, it's, it's very Twin Peaks. That, that song, you know, when you go to the bar and there's the, the band playing on the stage. Yeah. That song sounds like it was lifted straight out of Twin Peaks. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, Burly Men at Sea. Uh, that was an interesting game as well. It's a sort of, again, it's a kind of like a point and click adventure sort of game about three the fishermen, or three sailors who go off on a little adventure. Um, the, the, the adventures themselves only last about. Uh, the, the, the main plot like adventure lasts about 20 minutes but then you start again uh, and depending on the choices you make the, the journey will go completely different you'll go in a completely different direction and different events will happen but each t- and you're, you're kind of supposed to do that because you're filling out a, a bookshelf of these stories uh, and it's kind of hard to describe uh, is, have either of you played this one? I haven't, no. You haven't, okay. It's it's really cool. It's basically it's a two button game. Uh, to, like are you pretty much like you have uh, uh, you move the left stick and or the right stick to extend the screen in one direction or another to make the characters go in that direction, and you can hover occasionally hover a cursor over something and interact with it, and that's it. That's the only interaction with the game you have. Um, kind of simplistic like that, but it's really really fun story that keeps on looping. And the characters are aware that it's looping and they remember what happened the last time round, and they make comments about not making that decision again. And uh, it's very funny and, and charming and um, well worth the play. Uh, you can play through all, I think it's 12 different routes that you can go through and you could probably play through all of them in about two hours. Um, so it's worth checking out. Dead or Alive 6. Uh, I played a bunch of this with a friend of the show, Conor McKirby, for fortnightly fisticuffs uh, on Friday. Um, you can watch uh, the full thing over on his uh, YouTube channel, which is um, VDJOMB. Uh, and you can see the, the highlights over on our, our channel uh, on YouTube. Um, it's... It's a 3D arena fighter, kind of like Tekken, but it's a lot more, it's a lot faster. Um, control inputs are a little bit different. You've got like a punch, uh, a kick, uh, like one punch button, one kick button, one throw button, and a block button, uh, and then a special button, and that's it. So like, uh, rather than having like uh, two or three levels of punch and two, three levels of kick, it's all, very, it's for kind of slim, simplified, but it's all down to, uh, it's all based around parrying attacks and uh, timing your um, your attacks with uh, directional inputs to direct whether they're gonna be up you know high mid or low uh, there's no jumping or anything like that we were playing the very base version of the game uh, the core fighters uh, the free-to-play version there's like four characters plus a, another two that rotate um, and as we discussed on that show, um, if you want to buy the base game right now, it's about 20 quid um, and there's about 20 characters uh, in it. If you would like to buy the first season of the uh, the first season pass, 
um, which included two characters and a bunch of costumes. It cost £75 for, for two characters sure. and a bunch of costumes. Seriously? Wow. Uh, and that season ran for two months, and then they released another season pass that includes one character and a bunch of costumes, and that one costs £65. <laughs> For a character, it's it's like it's. I haven't. I've never seen a season pass that costs that much for that little content. It's <laughs> Not really a ridiculous. season either, is it? When it happens every two months. No. Yeah, it's it's bonkers. I mean, that game has. They're on season two already, and that game's only been out for a few months. It's real dumb. Um, but the game itself's oh. really, really kind of fun. Oh. Um, I think we're going to go back again next time. The characters have rotated a little bit just because playing the same six characters for a couple of hours can kind of get a little bit boring. Uh, we also, you got 65 quid? Sorry? Unless you got 65 pounds. Yeah, spend. well, no, if we'd bought the base version, you get like 20-odd characters. Yeah, it's, and that game's all right. I, neither of us really understood what we were doing. We couldn't work out how, how the blocking works and the parrying works, but we had good fun, like knocking seven shades out of each other for a couple of hours. Um <laughs> That game, as with a lot of games, suffers from uh, ladies with incredibly inappropriate items of clothing and excessive jiggle. <laughs> lots and That's lots part of, of jiggle. That's part of the thing, isn't it? The charm of Dead or Alive. It's always been there. Well, you say charm. <laughs> um, oh, charming, inver- inverted commas. I've never played a Dead or Alive game. Um... Yeah, no, I know what you mean because they brought out, they like they specifically <clears throat> brought out a dead or alive beach volleyball game where it was just yeah the female characters are dead or alive wearing bikinis playing volleyball because yeah because they could yeah and yeah. people went out and bought it. yeah I will admit not my proudest wank did but, um... did either of you watch <laughs> <laughs> oh god did. Uh... <laughs> Did either of you watch the film that came out in like the mid two thousands? Oh god, they made a film! I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, oh my god! No, never seen it. Oh, get it on my list. Ballyhoo. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we've got to do that. I can't remember too yeah. much about it, but I remember it being not terrible, but not great. <laughs> oh man, I forgot. Like, I think yeah, they made they made Street Fight films and they made Mortal Kombat and like I completely forgot they made a Dead or Alive film. Wow. Oh, wow. Have they made a, ever made a Tekken movie? Not that I know yeah, of. Is. Okay. Man, right. First thing I'm doing after we finish this recording, <laughs> watching the trailer for the Dead or Alive film. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, speaking of scantily clad women with jiggly bits, um, strap in, boys, because I'm going to talk about anime for a bit. Oh dear, here we go. Switch off. <laughs> so, um, I played the demo for Kill the Kill uh, If. Um, so, Kill the Kill is an anime. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Um, but the game is made by uh, Arxis, who make lots of very cool fighting games. Like, um, well, the, the one that I play quite a lot is uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. Um which, having only ever seen like little clips of of um, Dragon Ball Z, I've never really watched the show or anything. But like the, that game looks like an anime. Like they've nailed like the look of, um, a, you know, of a, 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 a drag, a, what Dragon Ball looks like in a fighting game 
on on top of it being an incredible fighting game. Um, Kill the Kill If is similar, but it's not like a 2D fighting game this time. It's like a 3D arena fighter. So it's like full three dimensions, but it's rendered in a way that the entire thing looks like a flat 2D animation. Um, it's absolutely insane the way it's, it's designed. And it's like... Um, it's it kind of uh, plays. Have you ever played um, Pokken Tournament? I haven't played it, but I've seen it. Yeah. So yeah, Pokken Tournament is kind of like a, a 3D arena fighter. So it's not like a proper fighting game. Mm. It doesn't have that sort of complexity of of like of inputs of moves and things like that. It's more just the spectacle of it, and that's what Kill the Kill If is. It's just two people knocking the shit out of each other in, a, in an arena, and it looks absolutely bonkers. Uh, there's a demo available on, uh, possibly on, uh, uh, I'm assuming it's going to be on PS4 as well. I, I downloaded it and played it on the Switch. Um, it's It looks really cool. It feels really cool to play. I'm probably not going to buy it, though, because I, having never seen Kill the Kill before, I didn't know going in just how gross some of the character outfits are. Uh, like the dudes all get like massive honking suits of armor and the women are wearing sometimes like almost nothing. Like it's kind of gross. Um, and in a, like, it's really disappointing. Regular anime. Sorry? Regular anime. Yeah. But like, I, I know what to, I, I knew what to expect when, like when it comes, but this is just like a level above that. Like some of the characters like, that, why would you? Why would anyone wear that? That's not practical. Let alone not practical for fighting. That's not practical for anything. That's not even practical for sleeping in. Like it's utterly ridiculous. Like I, it kind of turned me off the the game, uh, which is a shame because like mechanically and stylistically it's cool as fuck. But it's just those character designs are just so objectionable. Like uh, that I just couldn't. I just couldn't jive with it, which is a shame. Um, talking of inappropriate co- uh, costumes, I played a bunch more Fire Emblem Warriors uh, because I bought my other half um, for her birthday, Fire Emblem Three Houses, and she was playing a bunch of that. I was like, oh, Fire Emblem's really good. Um, I've got a Fire Emblem Warriors and I never finished it. I should probably go back and play a bunch more of that. Um, yeah, a lot of, if anyone's ever played any Fire Emblem games, you'll know that there's quite a lot of characters in that series as well that are just like the 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 outfits of the women some of the ladies wear were designed basically just so dudes could jerk it um and it's kind of gross but um aside from that have you ever played any of you ever played in the warriors games like dynasty warriors hyrule warriors dragon quest warriors the oh what is it 100 years war one is that one of the uh, Dynasty Warriors ones? Bladestorm. Bladestorm. Okay. It's that type of same sort of gameplay. Yeah, like if you've yeah. played one, then you've pretty much played yeah. any of them. They're yeah. like, you know exactly what you're getting with, with a Warriors game. Like, yeah. uh, and Fire Emblem Warriors is just like, it, it's it's that, but it also incorporates like the Fire Emblem like weapon triangle where like one weapon beats another weapon, which beats the other weapon, which, you know, mm. goes around and whatnot. Um, and it's also use the cell shaded art style that's in the later Fire Emblem games, so it is by far and away the best looking game uh, out of any of the Warriors uh, series, uh, and it's just really fun, like you know, brainless button mashing nonsense 
Like within the first thirty seconds of a game, you've already killed like a thousand people just because you just you're just mowing down hundreds of them at a time. Um, it's just good fun. Uh, I really enjoy that game. Um, and finally, uh, in the anime trifecta, I've been playing God Eater. Uh, so you know, I'm quite a fan of the Monster Hunter genre. Um, played a lot yeah. of Monster. Played like well. About 600 hours of uh, Monster Hunter World. Um, and I've, been, I've played about 30 or 40 hours of Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate on the Switch. And I played quite a lot of Dauntless. Um, and a while ago, I bought uh, God Eater 2 Rage Burst when it was on sale. I just never got around to playing it. Like, So then recently, I decided like, I'll, I'll go back and check that out. Uh, and then remember that when I bought... Um, Bought the game, it came with God Eater Resurrection, which is a remaster of the original game. So the original game was on like the the PSP, uh, and then they ported it over to Vita and PS4, um, and bundled it up with the Rage Burst version of God Eater 2, which is currently on sale for a tenner, or shade under tenner, right. like nine ninety nine for God Eater 2, and it comes with Rage Burst as well. Um, right. So God Eater is a Monster Hunter-esque game, but like super, super anime. It's set in a post-apocalyptic future where like these monsters have been taking over the world and you play a member of uh, this group called Blood. Um, and Good name. Yeah. Um, you, <laughs> you, um, you're like a, a member, yeah, a member of, of elite anime school kids basically who can uh, bond with these weapons called uh, god arcs which are the only things that can do damage to the aragami the monsters that are out there um but it's basically a, a similar sort of loop to a monster hunter game like you go out you you fight these monsters you collect parts from them which you use to craft stronger weapons which you take to fight the bigger monsters and so on and so forth right. same sort of loop but but um this has actually got a story that's going through that's very confusing, convoluted in the traditional anime way. Um, entertaining, but like I don't know what the hell's going on. And they keep throwing, they keep on saying really silly terms, and I don't fully understand it. But I don't care because it's just big and wacky and fun. Um, but it's it's very simplified from a monster sort of from a traditional monster game. There's no like eating before you go. There's no tracking the monsters. Because the arenas that you load into, it's, you know, it was a handheld game originally, so hmm. uh, the arenas that you go into are fairly small, and you can bring up a map and see where the monsters are at any point. Anyway, um, there's a variety of different weapons to use, but like um, as opposed to say a monster hunter game where some of the weapons will be will have a defensive option, some of them won't. And you have to pick between using a melee or a ranged weapon. The weapons in, in God Eater are all three. So you have like a big lamppost sized sword or a spear or a hammer or something like that. But it also transforms into a gun and it also transforms into a shield. Um, like, you know, instantaneously at the, the, the press of a button. Uh, so you have your defensive option, you have your ranged option, you have your um, your melee option. And so the weapons are completely modular. You decide which melee weapon, which which ranged weapon, and which shield that you have in there. Uh, and they are good for different things. And I could go on for ages about the systems, but it's basically just like a really cool, stripped down, but still with quite a lot of depth, Monster Hunter game. The combat is not as slow and methodical as it is in Monster Hunter. It's more 
not button bashy, but it's like fast. It's a bit more like a platinum game. Um, you know, you've got like two attack. Well, you've got like a, uh, a light attack and a heavy attack and combinations of those two mm. buttons will do different things. Um, it's just really, it's really cool. I'm really enjoying it, okay. and like if you like anime and you like Monster Hunter, it's currently nine ninety nine for two games, uh, each of which is about like fifty sixty hours long apparently. So plenty of content there. I played the demo uh, for Golita Three as well, just to see what that's like. Um, that game looks amazing. Um, that's on sale on PlayStation at the moment as well, uh, but I kind of want it on Switch. It's only just come out on Switch, so it's like fifty quid. So by the time I finish the first two God, uh, God, uh, God Eaters, then hopefully God Eater 3 will be uh, slightly cheaper. But um, yeah, they're really good. Awesome. Um, as for what I would recommend to a lapsed gamer... Uh, um, probably Fire Emblem Warriors. And the best one you've ever wanked on? Let me make it clear, I haven't actually had a wank to Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball, but I have okay. jerked it to Destiny 2. Lord Shax just does it for me. Uh, yeah, that's your play, that's your play group. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well, I've tried to get some gaming in before the inevitable um, second child arrives. Um, I'm on a ticking time bomb. In the nicest way. So, I've been fitting in quite a bit of gaming in. Um, first game I have completed. Um, I've played some of the PS4. And this is the 20 year celebration edition. Is Rise of the Tomb Raider. The second one of the new trilogy. Um, essentially, you play this unknown character called Lara. Um, and you play through um, a very straightforward storyline. Um, in the narration, very cinematic, cinematic in its feel, but it's slightly open world where you can go off and do little mini missions, um, go explore um, tombs and upgrade her skill tree in different forms. So you've got three main skills. As such, um, it's very good. I think there's a lot of handhold holding in this game um the story itself look it's like if you if you're accepting Indiana Jones you accept Tomb Raider you accept Uncharted there's going to be some sort of mysticism around it in this case there's essentially undead um ancient warriors here right? and you're discovering this um Jesus type character as well who exists um Storyline's not to shout old about, but the world itself, very good. The graphics are outstanding. That like says very hand-holdy. Um, it's just a very enjoyable storyline. It's not as bloody um, as the first one, I would say. Um, they seem to have turned it down on when Lara's dying. Um, I do remember every time Lara died, it was very gruesome, and she died in many graphic ways. Oh, the, the, the first remake one. Yes. Yeah, that got really gross. Yeah. Like, it was almost like, it was kind of perverse, like, how much yeah. the camera lingered on her when during some of those deaths. Yeah, yeah, it was not nice. No. 
So they've they've toned that down quite a bit. I mean, there's still she dies in gruesome ways. Wolves. I mean, to be honest, to be honest, she always kind of died in bad ways. I mean, the way she just flops yeah. down if she fell on the first couple of games that that was pretty brutal. But at least there wasn't like blood yeah. and tendons being ripped apart like there was in the uh, first remake. I know, and I remember that it was the one part of the game where you're going down the river. Mm. Oh god, I died so many times. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and every time a branch or something, you just like, or a rock, and you're just like, ugh. So they have turned that down. I mean, this is the last game that Crystal Dynamics did on the Tomb Raider um, series, because we went off and did the Avengers. So but who did the third one? I think they had some input, but I think it was taken uh, elsewhere. I think, was it Montreal? Yeah, I think okay. it was. I think Adam mentioned it, might be Montreal. Like Sir Nick, but it is it is good. Just a lot of handheld holding. This was the Xbox exclusive for a year, and didn't sell as well on PlayStation. It wasn't as pleased with the sales. But I think it sold about seven million copies. Yeah, but Square are never pleased with the sales. No, game. but to be honest, oh, oh, sorry, this is Rise, isn't it? We're on about. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I thought I thought we were on about Shadow because I was going to say Shadow yeah. released a week before EGX last year, and I had no idea it was released. I got to EGX yeah. and I was like, "Oh, you can play Shadow of the Tomb Raider," and then I got told, "Oh, it's been out for a week." I was, "Oh, fair enough then." Yeah, yeah this is Rise. This is one that the put together for PlayStation owners that came with all the DLC, all the extras, all the skins. Um, I think it came as a free patch for Xbox and PC owners, but they put it all in one for this pick. Uh, I don't know. It's a good game. It's worth you know playing. If you're a lapsed gamer, it does hold your hand quite a bit. You can go off and, like I said, um, explore the, the limited areas and do extra tombs. Because they were added because people were complaining that they didn't have tombs in the first one. Um, once again, you've got that just the position of where she is injured and it shows a cutscene of her being injured, but then you're running around as if nothing happened. But overall, highly enjoyable. Um, Wasn't third... this the first one of these games was where people started seriously talking about ludonarrative dissonance, yeah. wasn't it? I think it was yeah. around that time about some of those problems of being like, like when she first... Like when you first someone. when she first kills someone, she's like she's an emotional wreck, and then like yeah. five minutes later, you've murdered thirty dudes. Yeah, and I think that's a balance of where I mean that'd be a good topic to talk about, but it's a bit it's a balance between the gaming genre itself as an entertainment industry where you've got certain tropes you have to you have to go through. It can't be like almost like films. So you have to, I think people's maybe looking at it too deeply sometimes and almost comparing it too too deeply to movies and books where your character can sort of have difficulty in killing. It's sort of a... But then they invite the, the comparison by having that cutscene where she's like freaking out after she's killed someone yeah. for the first time. But then it not being reflected in the gameplay at all. At least yeah. like... Like like in the Uncharted games, it's just like, yeah, Drake kills people. Yeah, that's it. 
Like they don't they don't bother what you know trying to show how it affects him as a character. It's just accepted that like as part of his job, he kills people. Yeah, and I think that's what it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't make it too obvious um, in Tomb Raider. No, I've got to say that stuff got better in 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 uh, what I played off Rise. Hmm. It, it is a good game, like I said, it does get better. Um, so the DLC, you played some of the DLC. There is one called Blood Ties, where you're in Croft Manor and you're defending against zombies. So it's a bit like the Call of Duty game in terms of that. There's the where the main one was where you, I can't remember what it's called, but it essentially features Baba Yaga. And this is accessible through the main story, through the main world. Well, it features you, John Wick. Um, no. That's what is they he, call him, isn't it, Baba Yaga? <coughs> yeah, Baba Yaga is the Eastern European witch. Yeah, it's actually the boogie man, but it's a boogie female. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the thing is, my mum used to scare me with stories oh, bad, of Baba Yaga. You're not about the Babadook? No. Badook, no. Badook, Badook. <laughs> <laughs> This is my mum used to scare me about stories about Baba Yaga. Can you believe? It? Yeah, so mum was from Poland. Yeah, uh, so and Baba Yaga is a witch in Eastern Europe. Mm. And this is this this forgot the Tomb Raider. This one, Rise of, set in Russia or Siberia. So part of this DLC is fighting Baba Yaga. And I tell you what, when I was younger, it was shit scary. DLC on Tomb Raider, not so much. Um, mm. But it was okay. You know, you get it free and it's accessible. Um, on your map and the other one is because it's all been all the rage you know that the gone home type of game essentially where you walk around Croft Manor um, just reading loads of documents wasn't that for done for VR I get the feeling that there was a PSVR mode in that one there is a PSVR mode I am not sure let me read the back of it it goes VR support for blood ties um, that's the zombie one. Okay. In Croft Manor, but um, there is something that might be called Darkest and Awakening. I can't remember what it's called. But there's a there's a mode where you just walk around Croft Manor reading documents, um, to find out more about the history of mm. Lara Croft and her father and stuff. It's interesting. It's a it's a good package. Of you know for twenty years we've put a lot into it, so you're getting the main game, three pieces of DLC, you're getting something called endurance mode, um, part of it. That is co-op as well if you wanted to play co-op. Um, so the package itself is good. I'm just not sure it's as good or tight a story as the first remake, first episode. But it has improved in terms of the gruesome, gory bits of how she dies. Yeah, I know. You mean the story um, from what I played didn't it didn't feel quite as tight as the first one. No. It's written by um, Rhiannon Pratchett again, though. Oh, right. Terry yeah. Pratchett's daughter. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. There's no surprises in it, though. That's what I mean. There's no surprises, whereas the first one seemed to put in situations where they make it more narratively enticing and interesting rather than this one just seems a straight go explore. She's got friends and friends are in danger, but there's nothing that seems narratively where you feel 
was quite as gripping as the first one. I think that that's probably it. And it doesn't make it sound like she's developed. It just makes it, oh, now she's Lara. Now she's just doing everything, rather than a continuation of the first, if you understand. So she's got, this is her, and this is like her peak almost, rather than there's no more further room for development. While it was first, it seemed like you were developing her as a character and as a learning the skills of a Tomb Raider such but overall yeah um i would say highly recommended third game horizon chase turbo now this is this month's as time of recording the last day um you probably have another few days after this um on ps plus horizon chase turbo this is a very retro type of gaming um developed by some brazilian developers I can't remember what they're called. But essentially, um, you're just racing around different tracks. But very reminiscent of Outrun, Lotus Esprit, yeah, Chase HQ. Lotus Esprit was my jam. Yeah, all those type of games. Um, but done in a very modern technique and graphics are beautiful. Graphics are bright, bold. Killer um, soundtrack. Killer soundtrack. All those things very uh, bring you back memories if mm-hmm. you've been a long time gamer. Yeah, it's um, it's unapologetically retro. Yeah, it is brilliant, absolutely, absolutely brilliant in terms of things. It's got a long campaign as well, where I think onto the third section, Brazil, um, California, and essentially, as you go, develop and win races. You um, getting points, you gain points for having more fuel left at the end of the race. You gain points for being first, second, or third. Um, there's also coins to collect um, throughout the game, throughout each race. And if you collect all these coins of the race, you can finish up to fifth, which allows you to progress. Um, you're unlocking cars. Um, there's races that allow you to upgrade, so that. And the upgrades apply to all your cars, so you're not having to choose which car you want to upgrade, which is really nice. You can tell there's different handling of each cars, different speeds. Um, it also puts ghost cars of the fastest person of your friends who's done that track. So, Colin. Colin. Yeah. I fucking, I cannot believe some of the times he's got like 13 seconds ahead of me. I'm like, ow, oh, fuck, have you got that time? And I'm looking, I'm looking at his ghost car and he's lapped at me at one point. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Unbelievable some of his times. So I, I don't know what's going on. But yeah, if it's like, if you've got 10, 15 minutes, because the race is last maximum about three, four minutes, they're that quick. Because it's only about three, four, three or four laps per race. And you've got, you get a nitro as well. You can pick up an extra nitro. You can up to three, four nitros. Make it faster, but and when you crash, all it is like outrun, do a little quick roll, and you straight back into it. It's perfect for laps gamers where you can just progress really, really quickly. But from what I understand, the campaign is a long campaign. Um, there's a lot of races to unlock, a lot of cars to unlock. We've just added a summer campaign as well. Um, I've just reached a race where there's rain effects, so loving it. Absolutely loving it. It's dead, it is dead good. Yeah, I mean, like I said, 
highly recommend for a lap skimmer. 10, 15 minutes, just switch it on. Um, ideal for those with kids as well. Jeez. You know, she loves it. She's like looking at the car. Car? Car? Yeah. We'll put the car on. Next one, I haven't shown to my daughter at all. Um, and I don't play this late at night. Um, is Dying Light. Um, this is the special enhanced edition with the following. Um, so I've been playing... I got this two copies of this. Plan to play it with my brother because essentially you can play up to four people. Um, this is from the makers of Dead Island, and then they went off to do this game while Dead Island, while people still wait for Dead Island too. So, um, this game, you essentially this city as a plague virus as it does has come out and turn people into zombies a number of people during the day the zombies are very zombie like slow walking um, you can easily avoid them um, at night shit scary and the main thing is do not travel at night you are meant to rest in these in certain safe areas and do not travel at night it has got different zombies and I've only come across one different one which is green pukes out some acid at you but essentially if you travel at night you're going to get killed so the, the idea is as you complete a mission and it starts going dark start running for safe um for a safe area the first part of the game a prologue of the game is you play it single player um and once you've completed the prologue it's only then that you can invite people into your session or play with other people um one of the main um I suppose enticing gameplay element of this dying light is the parkour movement which I'm still getting used to whereas Dead Island was more traditional running around getting to cars etc this one is you press R1 and essentially you're running on rooftops um really seamlessly um, apart from if you're me, where you're just jumping <laughs> down and falling into alleyways, getting attacked by loads of zombies, and getting getting eaten a number of times. Um, I'm still getting to grips with it, but essentially you're meant to press R1, and you do a... I suppose it's a bit like um, Mirror's Edge. Yeah, it's, it's free running. Yeah, free running. And when it works, it works really well. When it doesn't, you're like, for fuck's sake. So... It is enjoyable, sort of, because my brother's completed the game, he's levelled up, he's going around creating the save zones while I'm doing the main game itself. Um, from what I read in the Infinity View, because Dying Light 2 is on its way, um, they focus more on a narrative with Dying Light to the element of the destruction almost of the open world itself. So I think Dying Light 2 has got a lot of changes in it. Um, it's interesting, there's nothing special about it I've just gone join another group because I've been sent by one group to go discover um, why they've been capturing the supplies that have been sent in by plane and I've got my own agenda as well so I'm enjoying that and I probably like Dead Island because it's got elements which of gameplay which I hate, so like your weapons your weapons degrade over, over time with use I hate that sort of thing. I wouldn't play it 
Um, if I want playing it with my brother or somebody else, if I had to play it by myself, I'd probably switch off quite quite quickly. But it's enjoyable, and they have given you a lot of content from what I can see. They've supported that game for a number of years. Um, I think four or five years have supported it. Yeah, a lot of post-release support for their game. I think they brought yeah. out a piece of DLC not that long ago. Yeah. So there's a lot of content to get through. So I'll be playing through that. And the final game, um, I've been playing Madden 18. Um, I played the full season, um, won the Super Bowl. Really highly enjoyed it. I mean, it's difficult to explain Madden. It's a Madden game. I've played them since we were on the Mega Drive. I played 16, didn't play 17, played 18. Um, highly enjoyable. Can keep it really simple. You can play You can do as much or as little as you want. You can play a whole 60-minute game. Um, you could you could play all. I played five minutes, essentially, a quarter. Um, you can play certain highlights of a game. So if the game itself will take you through and it says you want to play this highlight important elements of the game allow you to do that so you can go into it as detailed as heavy as you want you can play it as light as you want um which is really good um but one of the main things that it were introduced and if you've heard previous episodes you'll have heard um adam and mark in particular talking about it on the fifa the story. Ah, the story no. mode is some wacky shit. <clears throat> yeah, and this is where it started um, for Madden. Because it first came into FIFA, and then it got put into Madden. And this is the first game that it played. No, it was, it was Madden, 7, Madden 17. That was, that was, in was it? Was it? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah Madden, Madden, no, no, you're right. Madden 18, sorry. Yeah. So... I, well, I, know, I don't know. I, the one I played, the story had already, uh, like, I'd missed like a, a bunch of story because it started in the previous year. Yeah, I think so, it was Madden seventeen, and I played Madden eighteen, and it started no. off, and I was like, I have no idea what's going on. There's this dude who wants to be like, I think he was a quarterback, but then he stopped being a quarterback, and now he wants to be a singer, but he also <laughs> still wants to play football, and but like his old school coach wants him to coach their football team and but he's also got to look after his half sister cuz his dad's a dick and a whole bunch of weird stuff it but it makes the journey mode in FIFA look like Shakespeare that's Madden 9 that must be Madden 19 okay i don't know which one i, I just like downloaded one of them from yeah. uh, EA access and played it yeah Madden 18 that was the one where it started off and it's a it's like a game show um, right. Because you you don't get picked, it basically starts off from as college footballers going through the draft. They don't get picked for draft, and the only way you can get picked for an NFL team is to go through this game show, and it's stupid. I mean, it's bloody tough. Some of the things they ask you to do, I kept failing, I got shit, but it just progresses you through. And I tell you what, I find that really entertaining. Really, fun. yeah, it's wacky. And I suppose from the sound of it, when I play Madden. 19 it'll get even wackier and and expect madden 20 itself um will get even wackier and wackier but yeah enjoyed it yeah um even if you just play you got the long shot that's what it's called the long shot mode it is (laughs) a lot of fun um all these games i'd recommend to a last gamer for different reasons um madden if you're if you're making a football fan, you can make it short as long as you want. Dying Light, 
for into zombies you can play with other people you can make it the only thing is that i don't think this is easy because it seems the easiest mode we've got is normal horizon chase turbo is probably my lapse gamer game of the show for me personally it's just so easy to pick up and rise of the tomb raider i've talked about that loads is that it should we wrap this nonsense up We'll wrap it up. I'd just like to give a shout out um, to congratulations to Why Not Wizards for reaching 300 episodes. Nicely uh, done, boys. Nicely done. Nice. I think he's, he produces a hell of a lot of content. I mm-hmm. don't um, produce a lot of things, but yeah, congratulations to um, Richard and Why Not Wizards. And we'd like to give a thanks to everyone who listens. You can catch us at lapsgamer.com where you can read musings and previews for the following month you can catch us on the YouTube channel where a video just got released um, fisticuffs as it's been mentioned and whatever else content is released there you can follow us on Twitter you can subscribe to us hopefully after you've listened to this episode and not desubscribe to us on Podbean um, we're also on Facebook but we don't really use that too much um and i'd like to say thank you to everyone and um, thanks to you two guys for joining us tonight and so long farewell Ta-ra. Bye.